Croy. And I'm Dr. Kelly Jones. And this is Orgasm, the podcast from Chipperish Media where we reach for explosive inspiration. Each episode goes deep into a topic through identification, discovery, exploration, analysis, and synthesis, the ideas framework of creativity and inspiration that we hope will give us some insight into what we love and why we love it. Today's orgasm is about the perspective widening experience of travel. But before we hit the road for that discussion, let's bask in the afterglow of our last episode. That was incredibly eloquent of you. I love it when you put something in the script that's just like so perfect and poetic and it's just oh, beautiful and I love it. thank you. I tried to copy your transition style for our topics. <laughs> I love that this is the show. This is actually the Chipperish Media show where we comment on every single transition because we made this framework but then it's like choppy and in boxes and we're like i guess we're doing the next thing now no framework is perfect (laughs) in this episode of buffy the framework slayer (laughs) no all right so we're you know we're basking in the afterglow of our last orgasm which was quite a while ago we've gone a long time without an orgasm and I'm getting sort of itchy. I'm sort of uncomfortable. So I feel like I feel like it's time. It's time. It's time for it's more time. explosive inspiration. Um, our last topic was creativity. Mm-hmm. And someone who shall remain you um, <laughs> assigned me a creativity yes, no, maybe list. Uh-huh. And I don't remember if we defined the yes, no, maybe list for our Lovely, lovely listeners. So the yes, no, maybe list for those of you who may not be familiar, um, who have not done a Google on it, is something that is recommended uh, lots of times in sexual relationships to give you a sense of like what you're into and what your partner's into and like where you can discuss things that you might want to do together when you get sexy in the bedroom. So, for example, there will be this, you'll, I mean, Google yes, no, maybe list. You'll find lots and lots of them, but it'll, it'll be, generally speaking, alphabetical, and you will get to choose whether something like anal rimming is a yes, no, or maybe for you. <laughs> Welcome to the Chirpers Media Podcast, where we discuss rimming. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, whatever, it's fine. You know, and then you go, you go through your list, all of these things that some people find sexy and you might too. And then you compare your list with your partner and you can kind of figure out, oh, hey, I didn't know that you were into spanking. I am also into spanking. And then you can, you know, talk about how that may or may not factor into your sexual play. And it's fun and I highly recommend it. Especially if you're, you know, getting to know somebody in Mm -hmm. that arena. So that's the yes, no, maybe list. Do a Google, check it out. If you are with a sexy sexual partner or partners, I suggest you, you know, have the conversation with them. And if you're not, go ahead and do it anyway, because it's really fun. It's really, really fun to see what you might be into that you didn't even think of. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great just self-knowledge anyway. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's it's always nice. I always like a list like that, not just for sex, for anything, because it helps me think of things I wouldn't have thought of. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I wouldn't, this wouldn't come to mind immediately, but then when I see it on a list and I think about it, I go, oh, yeah, yeah, super cool. I actually do like the idea of learning to skateboard. <laughs> Right. Right. Well, and and that's kind of what I was thinking in terms of a creativity. Yes, no, maybe list because like I've seen lots of examples of different things to inspire creativity that work for different people. Right. But actually compiling them all in a list and trying to think beyond what would actually be on my own list for creativity, but just a, a list of things that may or may not spark. Then when you're kind of, I mean, it's just a little chart, you know, you literally check mm-hmm. yes, no, maybe. But what was interesting in, in doing this homework was thinking about the why if something was a no. Oh, interesting. You know, so that it was it was really interesting to kind of make like a list of different things I had heard from. And it was really important for me not to write something off just because it was a no. Like it mm-hmm. went ahead and went on the list. But then I, w- I could just say, no, this doesn't work for me. But it was interesting to think about why. Because mm. there are things that work for me now that haven't before and things that have worked for me before that don't now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I thought when I think about the things that people use to stoke creativity, of course, the two that appeal most to me are solitude and substances. And I'm like, well, great. You know, like, <laughs> if anyone needs me, I will be chain smoking and drunk in a cabin in the woods somewhere. Like, that's, <laughs> but, but honestly, like, I'm not sure that's as much about creativity as it is about my, my desire, my current desire to have like more time and space to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure that if I were drunk and chain smoking in a cabin in the woods that I would, you know, like write this series of short stories that's been kicking around in my mind or, you know, mm-hmm. write this post-apocalyptic pregnancy metaphor novel thing. I don't even know. I don't even know. Like, you know, I think there's I think there's a big gap between what I mean, certainly for me, like what I think think I need in order to engage in creative work and what I actually like what I actually need oh definitely definitely so I'm I mean I'm interested in I'm interested in your list and like what the no's were specifically like what came up for you that was a no but it went on the list anyway as a no So one of the no's was making a playlist. So using music, Mm. like to specifically associate with a specific project. And this has been recommended by writers I really respect and admire. Mm -hmm. It does not work for me. And I love music, but it does not Mm -hmm. work for me. Um, There's something about trying to connect a song to story that I just, I can't do. And I don't know why. It doesn't work, but it doesn't. But I like writing with instrumental music in the background, mm-hmm. but not to invoke a particular thing. Like, not that's going to remind me of this part of the story or 
the mood of the thing that I'm writing or anything like that at all. So I, I keep it on the list, though, because it might work one day. Mm-hmm. But right now, that's a no. And some things like taking a creative writing class or a workshop where people are all kind of coming together to do the same thing as you. Mm-hmm. I have found to be inspiring. Like, it's good for me to go to things like that. and But mostly I'm taking notes. Like, I don't feel creative in that setting. I feel like I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And then later, when I go back through the notes, then I can tap into some creativity. But I, I, like, I can't do creative writing with other people who are also doing creative writing. Hmm. Just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. So things like that, I'm like, uh-uh, nope, nope, okay. nope, doesn't work. But, you know, maybe I should put them as a maybe instead of a no, because maybe one day they will. Yeah, yeah. Well, then that, I mean, and that is part of the yes, no, maybe list framework, whether you're doing it for yourself or with a partner, is looking at the no's mm-hmm. and why are they no's. Right. Yeah, so that's an interesting, that's an interesting exercise as well. Just thinking about, you know, when you bounce really hard off of something, like why? Right, yeah. And then the the things that really resonated as a yes, you know, were things like lighting candles and having some kind of routine, like whether that's like a breathing exercise or something to meditate on or a quote to write down. But it, it really led me to think about Shonda Rhimes and her idea of the five mile run. So yeah. very, very quickly for anybody that has not read her book, A Year of Yes, she has this idea that when you start a creative work session, that you basically have to run a five mile run to get to the core of your creativity. And then if something interrupts you, it pulls you out and you have to start that five mile run all over again. And the problem with that is it takes a long time to run those five miles. So if you, if you only have short pockets of time to work in, which is usually the case for me, then how do you manage that and still get through those five miles? Because like if I have an entire month with nothing else to do, yeah, I would do creative <laughs> work. <laughs> Absolutely, I would. You know, if I had 10 hours with nothing else to do and I was in a cabin, yeah, I would write. But as long as I didn't have Wi-Fi. But how do you get there faster when you, you know, have a regular daily schedule and a job and all that kind of stuff? Um, So I started thinking about things that do spark creativity and trying to figure out how to tap into them throughout the day so that when I have time to do something creative, I've already run part of the five miles. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have to go all the way there all in one setting. Mm-hmm. So like things that will help me get there faster. Mm-hmm. And so I look to books for this a lot. Things like putting up quotes that do inspire me in visual spaces where I can see them um, in the front of notebooks or like using one as a header before I start writing actually helps me a lot. Mm-hmm. Using tarot cards for prompts for journaling prompts has helped a lot. And then I found this really cool book called The Creative Tarot, A Modern Guide to an Inspired Life by Jessa Crispin. And it's a guide on the tarot written for creative work. 
So each card kind of, it, it puts it in the context of, of an artist or of a creative project. And then for each card, she recommends like things to read or paintings to look at or movies to mm. watch. Um, and I just found that pretty recently and I really, really like it. Like it's just a really cool way to very quickly tap in to a creative source. But I have found I need prompts and like I don't like needing prompts, but I need prompts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I need I need visual something. I'm not I haven't I haven't put my finger on it yet, but like I can't I can't write in a cluttered room, for example. Mm-hmm. I can, I can dance in a room that's chaotic, but I would rather not. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. I need like the visual Mm -hmm. calm. And I kind of hate that because, (laughs) you know, clutter, clutter happens, especially when you live with lots of other people. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, but self-knowledge is the first step to... I was going to say so many things, but it might be literally everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having having something that you can use as kind of a jumping off point to remind you. It's almost, you know what it reminds me of is, have you ever been hypnotized? No. Okay. It kind of reminds me of a hypnotic suggestion and the way that once you... I don't actually know how hypnosis works. I know that I am I am very hypnotizable. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I've, 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 it's been attempted a few times and it hasn't worked. I think I'm too cynical. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think you're too, I think you're probably, it's probably not that you're too cynical. I think it's probably that you're like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to be vulnerable. I'm not going to be like <laughs> open and vulnerable and like go to this. No. Yeah. Okay, fair. <laughs> I th- I mean, I mean that is my outsider's perspective on your interior experience. You can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> However, there become like when when you are being hypnotized, when you are taking hypnotic suggestions for something, a lot of a lot of hypnotic suggestions are repetition of familiar words or phrases that that your hypnotherapist you know establishes for you so that then it's like oh every time you get to the point where like every time you see a red light you take a deep cleansing breath Mm. for example Mm -hmm. so I like the idea of finding something to shorten that five mile run And maybe lop it off so it's like a three-mile run. Right. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I hear you on the five-mile run. I definitely, I think, sometimes I think for me it's even, it's even farther. Mm -hmm. And it's like uphill. And it's snowing. (laughs) When I was your age, when I was your age, (laughs) we had to run uphill in the snow. Both ways, just to write a short story. I mean, but really, like, I think, I think where you are in your life contributes to what that process is like. And just, I mean, here we go again with like the self-knowledge and the self-love thing. But like the more that you, 
can approach yourself with curiosity mm-hmm. and self-compassion, the easier it's going to be to figure out like what those cues are for you. So not music, <laughs> not a soundtrack. Which makes no sense given my love of music, but there you go. But but no, it makes sense to me because, and I'll tell you why, if I can just like armchair, you know, yes, <laughs> I can just armchair, <laughs> you know, psychoanalyze you on the podcast here. But I think that when you pair something like that, it becomes limiting. So it's like, well, what if I want to listen to that song, but it's not time to write or I don't want to write mm, today mm-hmm. or I don't want to, you know, and I'm saying writing because you're a writer and that's what we're talking about pairing music with. But it's like. Well, what if, I mean, just to, just as an example, I have sort of done this accidentally, created a soundtrack for maybe not creative work, although I know folks will argue that any sort of work is creative, but mm-hmm. when I was um, technical copy editing, I had a disc man, <laughs> which for you kids... <laughs> Is a small portable CD player. CDs are, you know what, never mind. Um, (laughs) But I had a disc man and I had a couple of go-to CDs that I would listen to while I was working on these projects where I I was technical copy editing. And it's funny, when I play them now, I remember, oh yeah, I remember like what my office was like. And I remember the people that I shared it with. And I remember kind of like how the the sun would come in through the window in the afternoon and, you know, mm-hmm. what a what a pain it was. And then we moved offices and then I had this weird cubicle and, you know, all of that. But it's but I did the I did the music pairing with work just sort of accidentally because I happened to really like, you know, this these couple of CDs at the time that I was working on this project that was very involved. So I don't know. I like the idea of it, but I also, I also understand like not wanting to link, like it's kind of a bummer that I have certain artists and certain albums that are so closely linked with certain times in my life and particularly um, with certain work projects yeah. in my life. I'm oh, like yeah. not excited about yeah. that. No, <laughs> no. And like, there are a few songs that I have that are associated with like certain particular heartbreaks. And then I'm like, mm. I don't like that song being taken for that. <laughs> it's, I, it's sort of offensive, right? You're like, well, wait a minute. Like how, how dare, you know, this person or this experience yeah take this song away from me <laughs> yeah yeah so I guess that that's maybe part of it but um but yeah but so to to kind of bridge our homework from last time to our topic for today I mm-hmm. will say I've been thinking a lot about the connection between creativity and travel and I've been traveling a lot which is why we're late on this podcast mm-hmm. um, but I used the last trip to like run a creativity errand. Uh, So this is something I've been trying to do is like, there's this particular thing that I want to see or buy and I'm going to do it while I'm traveling. So like, Mm. I'm going to go to a bookstore that I've never been to before and get that book. And so this last trip, my mission was to get the artist way by Julian Cameron, which I've read. I have bought, read and given away 
probably five times. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but I don't have a current copy, which I'm not sure how that happened. But I don't have a current copy. And so I decided this last trip, I was going to get it and start reading it on the way home. And I found it. And I found the 25th anniversary copy. And there is a quote from Liz Gilbert on the cover. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, That's a sign. Right? That's a sign. This is perfect. I mean, this is yeah. perfect. Because you, lo- because you love and worship at the altar of the ideas of Elizabeth Gilbert. Yes. So, yes. But, yeah. but now when I pick the book up, I associate it with that trip. So, like, it, there's, like, this feeling of, I don't know, novelty associated with the book because I bought it somewhere different. And I really like that. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, and isn't that kind of the idea behind souvenirs? Yeah. I mean, I've never really, I've never really understood souvenirs in the like, here is a keychain that I got in New York, and here is a shot glass that I got in Tokyo, and here is, you know, I've never really understood that, even though obviously that resonates with people because souvenir shops like that are mm-hmm. are ubiquitous. But I love the idea of. Oh, this is a book that I bought on that road trip with that friend when we did that, you know, mm-hmm. crazy experiment where we were going to drive, you know, from <laughs> Canada to Mexico because, <laughs> woo, you know, or whatever, whatever the case may be. No, I like that. I like the idea of purposefully acquiring something you were going to acquire anyway, mm-hmm. but as part of your travel yeah, so on that note, do you want to tell us why you picked travel for today's orgasm? <laughs> <laughs> well, I picked travel. I mean, I picked it for two reasons. One of the reasons was that you and I both have just like dramatically increased how much time we're on the road or mm-hmm. on a plane. <laughs> Certainly, I mean, it's like this past year that that you and I have both started traveling a lot more. And, of course, that was interfering with us recording the podcast with any sort of regularity. So I was like, ha ha, this is kind of meta. But also, (laughs) really, but also it's one of the things like I did a little bit. I, I did myself a Google and it's one of the things that is often recommended to folks looking to be more creative in their business lives. And now business is not something I understand really at all. Um, But I just thought that was interesting that travel was something that kept coming up as a suggestion Mm -hmm. for folks looking to be more creative in the way they approached business. So I was like, huh, Mm -hmm. huh. That seemed like a nice intersection with where you and I were just sort of naturally in terms of really increasing the amount of time that we're spending, you know, away from where our home bases are. But it's funny because when I hear the word travel, I think like capital T travel, Mm -hmm. you know, I think like travel abroad and the incredible privilege to choose to travel and to travel for pleasure and, all of you know like like all of the luxury all of the all of the the incredible the privilege the time and the resources that are associated with that 
And that was never something that I was particularly interested in, not growing up and not now, really, even mostly because I'm incredibly impatient. And a lot of travel, especially travel abroad, travel far away from where your home base is. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, and I'm like, I know, like, I want to, I'm sorry to quote the late great Carrie Fisher, instant gratification takes too long. Like, I want to be there now. <laughs> I want to be there yesterday. <laughs> like, it is, guys, it's the future. Okay. I need my meal in a pill. I need my flying car. And I need my teleportation device that allows me to be in, you know, Wherever my ancestors in Germany were from, you know, like you see why I keep asking for a TARDIS because I know I get it now. Yeah, I get it now. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Although, you know, I should never I should never have a TARDIS. I should never have a DeLorean that has been turned into a time machine. I would not use it responsibly. We'll get you an artist so you can just you can go through like different spaces, (laughs) but not time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the artist's way. <laughs> oh, I love that. Anyway, you know, so I'm I'm impatient and I'm I'm not, you know, I don't have a lot of money to throw around. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I have more. I have more privilege and access now than I did when I was growing up and I'm sure I'm sure that some of my lack of interest in travel um, in the past was the sour grapes of it. You know, like, oh, it's going to be, you know, $2,000 to take that trip and whatever. And uh, it's not that great anyway. But I think the bottom line for me with travel is I'm not so much a creature of habit as I am a creature of comfort. Mm. (laughs) Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want (laughs) to sit on a crowded train and like have to make conversations with strangers because the dining car is like all shared and no no (laughs) no I want my cabin in the woods with my typewriter and my cigarettes and my alcohol that is what I want (laughs) this is my creativity this is how I engage but not engaging (laughs) I want to be a hermit anyway (laughs) but but uh, when I got to, you know, when I turned 18 and and uh, just absolutely fell in love with a college that was 3,000 miles away from my home, I had to become something of a traveler. I've still never, never really traveled outside of the United States. Um, I've been to Canada a couple of times, but I've never... You know, Mm -hmm. I've never really gone anywhere. But in college, you know, I had to become a frequent traveler in the sense that, you know, I can I can go through through airport security very efficiently now because I know the order in which to take off shoes and unload laptops and all of that, you know, hell Tetris, (laughs) Satan's Tetris. (laughs) It is. Yeah, it really is. The anxiety. Okay. And as someone who, who experiences anxiety on a somewhat regular basis, the anxiety of going through airport security when you're like, oh my God, I have to like do this 
at lightning speed and they're probably going to find a bomb in my suitcase that I didn't know was there. And then I'm going to go to airport jail and then I'm going to go to real jail for the rest of my life. Like that. <laughs> so, okay. This is a side note, but one of the best, best things Good. No, I, I need ever a side did, note. Yes, was I got my TSA pre-check traveler number. So uh-huh. I go through TSA security now and I don't have to take off my shoes and I don't have to take out my laptop. But the reason I did it is because I have metal in my arm and about one out of three airport security scans, that particular kind of metal registers as a bomb. And so <laughs> I have to get searched and they dust my hand for gunpowder and I have to go through all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, so TSA pre-check has made a huge difference for me, but <laughs> but all the and time also, before yeah. when I didn't have it, not so fun. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, can we just acknowledge while we're talking about, like, airport security and all of that, you know, like, all of the security issues and traveling that, like, we are both, like, white. Yes, yes. Very privileged. I've never been. humans, like. Yeah, I've never been unfairly profiled or picked on. And I I can't imagine how stressful it has to be traveling. My heart goes out to like, like people, people traveling who are visibly other Mm. in any way. Like it just, and it makes me so angry to even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway, like that's that is a real thing. And I understand that when we're talking about travel, like we're talking about incredible amount of safety and privilege that we have in being able to (laughs) engage in travel in this way. Yes, absolutely. Yes. But, you know, I became so in college because basically because I had to be because the school that I was in love with was on the other side of the United States from where I had grown up, I had to learn how to do the airport thing and how to do, you know, just all of the all of the bureaucracy involved in that and all of the the general sort of unpleasantness involved. You know, there's a lot of there are a lot of tiny little stressors when uh-huh. you spend a lot of time um, with air travel And then, of course, because I had chosen a school that was very far away from where I grew up, and I made the most wonderful friends of my life, um, the first, like, real deep connections I made in my life, I made in college. But surprise, everyone else was also from all over. (laughs) So so after college, um, I got to continue to do a lot of traveling um, around the United States because my my best, best friends in the whole world were spread out everywhere. And, you know, that was like, that was just a wonderful enriching experience, just kind of doing this thing that in the beginning, you know, when I was 18 was so, well, backing up when I was eight, you know, on the occasional trip mm-hmm. that I would get to take was so thrilling and so, you know, unique and bizarre and, you know, awe-inspiring. And then to move into the space where, you know, okay, this is like really official and this is the real deal and really anxiety provoking at 18, then at, you know, at 28 to be like, 
yay, I get to get on a plane to go see my best, best friends in the whole world. And I'm so, so grateful that I have this opportunity, you know, just sort of shifting where travel existed for me, mm-hmm. you know, the headspace in which travel existed for me. And then more recently, and I almost wish I were two years older so it could be 38, but it's not. <laughs> I'm 36, whatever. It's fine. You know, more recently, um, anybody who follows me on Instagram knows that my best, best love in the whole world does not live in my neck of the woods. So I have made several, I have made the same trip (laughs) over and over again, which is, you know, in itself an interesting experience Mm -hmm. when you fly the same flight. And in fact, on my most recent flights, my most recent several most recent flights, I ended up even being at this, like arriving at the same gate Mm, at mm -hmm. the airport. So it's a very, there's this real familiarity with travel. There's this real pattern where I'm like, okay, I know that once I sit down, I'm going to be on this flight for, it's going to be like three and a half hours. And I'm going to spend that time in this particular way. And it's such a different headspace mm-hmm. from where I started out with air travel in particular, you know, when I was a child and then again when I was, yeah. uh, um, you know, a young adult. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, like when you're talking about the same trip, I drive more often than is probably sane from St. Louis to Atlanta. And mm-hmm. I have caught myself now realizing I get off on the same exits. Like, there's a coffee shop right over the Tennessee line that I now consider my coffee shop. I love that. <laughs> you know, I love I that. go there every time I make this trip, which is just really funny because normally I would seek out different places. But when the trip itself becomes repeated, then I find that the places I go become repeated. Whereas if it's a one-time trip, I don't want to go anywhere that I have ever seen before. So it's just, yeah, it's just really, really interesting. It's really kind of fascinating how things begin to feel comfortable quickly Mm -hmm. when you're in a different space. Yeah. But I was the opposite of you with wanting to travel. Um, From the time I was, you know, a toddler, like wanting to go places was my number one thing. Like I was the kid (laughs) who would put on her, like the baby who would put on her jacket and stand at the door and say, Kelly, go bye bye. Like, let's go. And (laughs) always, Um, but never really had the opportunity to do it and still haven't. Like I've I've been to Canada, but I haven't been to any other countries. Um, And I have a huge, huge wish list. But most of all the travel I did until I was 18 was only in the South. And so like it was a bubble, you know, in terms Mm -hmm. of both Mm -hmm. culture and landscape you know, just to geography, that there was this kind of bubble that I had been in. And like, I didn't realize I had an accent until the first time I traveled outside of the South. Um, oh, no, actually, I was 16. And I came to St. Louis. And that's when I found out my accent was hysterical to people who were not from Macon, Georgia. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was really interesting. But I didn't know, like, seeing how different things really look, just kind of awe me. You know, the the first place I went that was truly different was Montana and just the, the mountains and the sky. And like, it felt like a different planet, but I was still in the same Mm -hmm. country. And it was, 
it was incredible to me. So mm-hmm. it it's travel has always been this thing that I want, but it's always felt like it was for other people because it's expensive. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've spent the last 20 years being a single parent. So like the only travel I get to yeah. do really is for work. But the wish list of travel of places I want to go is massive. <laughs> okay, so in our in our framework, now that we've kind of talked about that identification and, and some of the autobiographical stuff, how did you think about travel in terms of discovery? Like, what were you naturally drawn to about it? Or what did you wonder about it? Okay, so my ballet teacher really frequently actually <laughs> talks about how you feel different in different parts of the room or in different parts of the stage. And that's why it's important to not just do bar work, but also do center work. And I know I have just lost a bunch of non-dancers, but the idea is when you travel across the floor, I'm using that word purposefully, traveling across the floor mm-hmm. is how we talk about it. You know, your body does feel different, which is an odd thing to say. But it's true. And I used to roll my eyes at that that idea. But the more I notice that and the more I try to tune into what he's talking about, you know, when he gives us that note in class, the more I really feel it. And it's partly it's partly that that experience in your body of if you're moving your body, mm-hmm. you are shifting your weight and you're shifting your balance and all of that and you need to be aware if you're dancing of you know where your balance is so that if you need to stay with the music if you need to stop or pause that you're able to do that that you have that kind of control within your own body but it's also true you know outside of dance that different spaces have different energy And I started, I mean, thinking about, you know, thinking about the discovery piece of our framework, I started thinking about how I feel in different places, Mm -hmm. like physically, mentally, emotionally, or your ESP, (laughs) as I have heard some people say, emotional, spiritual, physical, your ESP, Uh noticing how I feel in different places. And sometimes when I get really... When I when I really start that that sort of inward spiral of my own neuroses, <laughs> for lack of a better word, how much I really need distance, like physical distance, in order to feel different. You know how much I need to go, to drive. You know, not even not, in the grand scheme of things, like not that far, but like 10 minutes from my house, like how much a 10 minute drive and then get out of the car and then walk around the state park that is, you know, a very different landscape from where I spend my time when I'm in my home. Mm -hmm. Just how different that feels physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, yeah, all of those things. So that's, I mean, I kind of went, you know, I went to this like woo woo space with discovery, but also I'm going to, I'm going to reframe my own narrative on that, you know, because we, when we talk about something being woo woo, usually it's a way to diminish that, that kind of magic. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there's a tra- a real transformative magic to just changing where you are in space, where you are on the planet. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah. So I went, I went like very, I went like very uh, witchy spiritual with discovery. <laughs> no, I, I like it a lot. And it, it kind of related to mine a little bit. And what surprised me here was when I thought about discovery and travel, it ended up being mostly visual. And I don't consider myself a visual person most of the time. But I'm drawn to novelty and beauty and travel offers that in bulk, you know, so there's new bookstores and new coffee shops, but, but really there's a new sky and like seeing that Mm. difference, you know, in the space. And then what I really want when I travel are landscapes that I don't have at home, you know, and then my soul is tethered to the beach. So any shoreline (laughs) is going to bring me joy and, and feel like coming home. You know, and any any waves, any source of salt air, like I'm there. But but also, <laughs> you know, new city skylines, especially at night, and new trees and new flowers. You know, I just, I yep. really, really love it. And when I thought about, like, the connection to spirituality, I think I've had two very strong spiritual experiences in my life. And one was at Jekyll Island off the coast of Georgia. And the other was at Maroon Bells in the mountains of Colorado. Neither of those took place at home, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, and, Mm -hmm. and I have this connection to photography with travel. So when I travel, I like to take a lot of pictures. And when I was a kid, before I had a camera, I started a postcard collection like every place I went, I wanted a postcard. And and I'm old, y'all. So this, you used to be able to find postcards <laughs> everywhere. Like that was, they made them. It was a thing. They're, you know. Oh, yes. You're super old. <laughs> Gen X. When the dinosaurs were on the earth. Calm down. You're not that old. Yeah. But I, I rarely buy postcards. Now, although sometimes I still will. Um, but I do take a lot of pictures. And I enjoy having those pictures. You know, I like having pictures of lots of different places. So it, mm-hmm. it ended up being more of a visual discovery and, and on some level a spiritual one than I would have thought. So how did, how did you explore travel? Like other than actually doing it, how did, how did you get into the exploration of this framework? Well, noticing, I mean, this is so, this feels so trivial, of course, because we've been talking, you know, about like, the deep like emotional spiritual connection to a place but (laughs) one of my favorite bits of exploration is just kind of noticing what I bring with me Mm -hmm. versus what I use oh yeah you know like and I feel like I feel like anyone who has had the the privilege to do any sort of traveling you know that was optional <laughs> any sort of like vacation or leisure travel no i mean it i mean it because think of you know if you think about like what you would take with you if you had to leave your home base in a hurry versus what you take with you when you go like I don't know, visit your best, best love who lives 2,000 miles away from you. It's a different list of stuff. But noticing, you know, just kind of getting curious about my own self as a traveler and like what I bring versus what I use. So like what I think... I always way overestimate how much like reading and journaling I'm going to do because I'm not. I'm The bottom line is I'm not going to do that. I'm going to spend time looking out the window at the different sky and clouds and trees. Me too. You know, and wondering like, 
what the heck that bird is <laughs> and all of that. Someone needs, okay, I'm sure this app exists somewhere and I just haven't found it, but like, how do you search for a bird by the sound it makes? Because I'm starting to really get into what are the native birds to this place? Because birds are hysterical and they have yeah. amazing personalities. And if you pay even a little bit of attention when you're in different parts of the country or even different parts of your own city, probably, there are different birds with different songs. And I want to be able to, <laughs> I want an app where I can be like, okay, so what is the, what is the Pacific Northwest bird that literally says cheap, cheap, cheap? Because <laughs> there's a bird that does, I swear to God. And a bunch of them live near my house. And there's, but there's a whole different crop of birds, you know, outside of like my sweetheart's house. So, and I have no idea what those birds mm-hmm. are. Yeah. So there's got to be a bird watcher sound app out there somewhere. Oh, my God. Because people who are bird watchers, like I know this about bird watchers, they take that shit seriously. And it is amazing. Yeah. So I kind of hope, I kind of hope that someone in the Discord chat is like really big into bird watching <laughs> and can school me on like, how do I do this? Like, how do I figure out like what the heck bird that is and mm-hmm. what it, you know. Anyway. <laughs> Odd by birds. Welcome to welcome to orgasm. Hey, if it's good enough for Anne Lamont, it's good enough for me. That's true. That's true. But of course, that was a metaphor. Maybe this is a metaphor. Yeah, but still. Oh my god, it's all a metaphor. <laughs> anyway, so we were talking about exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking about the self knowledge of you know noticing like what I bring with me versus what I mm-hmm. use. So like what and you can tell a lot about what your values are by what you bring with you and then what you actually end up engaging with while you're traveling. And I thought also about the wild difference between traveling with children versus traveling alone. If you have traveled with children ever, (laughs) I mean, you're my hero. My heart (laughs) goes out to you. I'm serious. I recently traveled with both of mine and they are older school age kids they are very capable and you know they can do like all of the bathrooming stuff themselves which is great (laughs) I do not take that for granted and the amount of stuff you end up managing and just the amount of and I don't just mean physical stuff I mean like mental Mm -hmm. space that that takes up and how how different it feels to be traveling with your tiny precious humans that are, you know, in your care versus traveling with a friend or traveling with a partner. And it's all, I don't know. I just, I went off on this like thought exploration of like, I feel different as a traveler Mm -hmm. depending upon who I'm with, who I'm traveling with. Yeah. That makes total sense to me. Who I'm responsible for. And something, something that I thought that, that occurred to me in all of this, I realized that as I have become uh, a more frequent traveler, at least on this one trip, I plan for the downtime Mm -hmm. now. I know that, you know, I'm going to be on the plane for X amount of time. I'm going to be in the air for X amount of time. And what can I, what do, what do I want to do? in that time not just what can I fill that time with and like numb out and distract myself from the fact that like 
I'm not there yet. I really just like wish I could teleport. Where is my, you know, where is my teleportation device? Where's my meal and a pill? Where's my flying car? What can I do in that time to really feel good about that in between time? That kind of, it's almost like the, like, like dream time of being on a plane. I'm talking about being on a plane where you, I mean, there's nothing you really can do. You're a zillion feet up in the air. Which I still don't really understand how it works. It's all just magic to me. But I have taken that. I've started taking that time to journal Mm -hmm. because I feel like I feel like that there's a there's an interesting sort of calm in the flight time. I don't know. I don't know. Just thinking about how I travel was really how I ended up engaging with exploration it's fascinating to me because it's the exact opposite for me on a plane. Like you encourage me to journal when I'm on a plane. I'm like, not going to happen. Nope. And you were like, it's what? It's not going to happen. <laughs> like right on the plane? I, I can't, can't do no, that. I am in charge of nothing for the entire time and I do not like it. And I, I cannot drive the damn thing and I don't get to pick the route. And no. I do not. And they boss you around the whole time you're in there. And I'm like, uh uh-uh. They do, and it's so great. I hate it. I hate (laughs) it so much. So, like, but now, knowing that about myself, I intentionally plan for distraction, um, which is actually kind of fun because it's some of the only time that I have when there is literally nothing else I can do. I can't multitask on the damn plane. I mean, I probably could, (laughs) but also there's limited Wi-Fi. But, like, I you know, download things ahead of time or like bring, I will actually read a book on a plane. It's great. But I have to tune out the fact that I ain't in charge (laughs) for that whole trip and I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) poor thing. You can't project manage the entire fucking thing. And it makes you insane. It drives me crazy. I don't like it. But <laughs> but but for exploration, I did think about like I guess the experiences. Um, just since we've started orgasm, I have been to San Antonio, um, Atlanta twice, Tampa, Syracuse, Phoenix, San Francisco, D.C., and Nashville twice, and I'm about Dang. to turn around and head to San Diego, and then I'm going to Dallas. Dang! Yeah, That's so wild. I can't. Um, (laughs) how are you standing up? Like, how are you? (laughs) It's actually kind of fun. But the stuff that I pack, like my packing list has actually gotten a lot shorter. Because I know I'm not going to write for the whole time. Now, I mean, I still bring a notebook because I'm always going to have one. But (laughs) well, you're not a barbarian. I mean, really, like there is a line. (laughs) But like, I realized I like, I, I don't like not having my tarot cards with me but I can't bring my three books of interpretation and my favorite deck and like the whole suitcase would be tarot so I found a little miniature deck that comes in a little tin and it's really small and it's great for travel that's awesome. so I have that and um you know and so like that kind of thing and then I keep a list of stuff I forgot to pack so like when you were talking about what you brought versus what you actually used I keep a list of what I forgot to pack and so, and huh. then that gets added to the next trip because there's always something most of the time because huh. I'm in a hurry and pack in the morning of, but whatever. <laughs> 
That's so funny because for me, nine times out of 10, I bring like, there's never anything I forget, but there's stuff that I bring that I don't use. Yeah. I end up forgetting things <laughs> and, and often I end up forgetting the same thing. So, <laughs> so that was, you know, it's kind of fun to think about, oh yeah, what did I actually forget to bring on this trip that I wish I had and putting that in my phone as a list to check is, is kind of funny. So how did you analyze this thing? Like, why do you love it or not? (laughs) Well, clearly I didn't because I managed to skip this section of the script because that is how cool I I wasn't going to call you out on that, girl. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I just, you know, I was like all, you know, I was feeling so good about myself because I'm like, yeah, I have this like this whole like spiritual rap on how like we feel different in different spaces man and like it's groovy you know and then analysis nothing I don't know (laughs) um I managed to completely skip this so it's funny I mean why do I love this why why do I love it well I mean okay like selfishly maybe it's the wrong word but like most of my travel at least recently has revolved around flying to see people I love Mm -hmm. and I mean hell yes like I that's I have that resource um I'm so grateful for that resource I'm super bummed that all my best best loves in the whole world don't live like on a little commune where we all I mean right like grow organic vegetables and like do weird fertility (laughs) rites but whatever you guys (laughs) it's fine you all had to go like be authors and doctors and lawyers and managers whatever it's fine it's fine not better at all um (laughs) no no so you know when I think about you know when I think about why I love travel really really like the first thing that comes to mind is the people in my life that I love that I you know am have been able to connect with through education through technology through these things that I'm so so grateful to have access to Mm -hmm. and I'm mostly you know and I'm also I'm also extremely you know it occurs to me just now actually that I am extremely privileged and that um, I'm healthy enough Mm -hmm. to travel to see the people that I love you know not only do I have these connections with people all over the country but I'm able to travel and it's actually fairly trivial for me yeah um because i have you know i have i carry with me white privilege and i pass as a cis woman and um you know i don't i don't know i don't know how people read me but i do get mammed out (laughs) in the world which you know whatever it's fine i get it like i i get it you know and i'm i am able-bodied in a lot of ways and it's you know I can sit on a plane and I can you know walk long distances through crazy airports with all the construction and all of the crowds and noise and all of that so I guess I mean you know our analysis section is where we really think about our perception of ourselves and you know why we love or don't love this thing And I guess what I'm leaning into here is gratitude for the ways in which I am able to do this thing relatively easily. Mm -hmm. 
you know, especially after all of my belly aching about, oh, it takes so long. <laughs> I have to like, you know, it's like a whole day. <laughs> but, you know, it really is like it's this incredible opportunity. And it is it's such a there is so much joy in obviously being able to see the people who are are in my heart forever, but also just go to a place where the trees are different and the birds are different and the food is different and there are different cultures and architecture and art and all of that. So I don't know. And I don't know that that is, you know, I don't, I, I don't know that I have like reached orgasm on this topic, but you know, maybe a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe just that like opening to abundance and gratitude about what I have access to and what I'm able to experience because of the, the privilege that I come from and the resources that I have. Yeah, no, I think that's beautiful. I share the gratitude with you because most of the people I love most live far away and travel is what either brings them to me or, or me to them. Like, I mean, this last business trip that I took, I was in Nashville, but I ended up in Atlanta for one night and I got to see dear close friends that I haven't got to see in a long time, Yay. you know? And so, so and wonderful. It, it's so great. And I get uh, it's funny, I get nostalgic now. I think I've lived away from Georgia long enough that when I'm there, there's 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 a homesickness that I didn't ever expect to feel, uh, which is really, really interesting. But when I thought about, like, analysis, like, why do I really love this? So the, the first level of that is is getting to see people I love. But not every trip involves that. So the trips that don't, um, I have found it really comes down to creative delimitation, right? Because limitations block mm-hmm. you, but delimitations mm-hmm. are limiting choices that you make on purpose. And delimitations are great for creativity, which is why, you know, exercises are so helpful or prompts are so helpful because it, it's giving mm. you this box to work in. Mm-hmm. And when you're traveling, I can't worry about taking care of a gazillion things I need to be doing at home because I'm far away. <laughs> <laughs> Baseboards are just going to stay exactly dusty. Like that's just how it right. is. <laughs> so you have that, that kind of delimitation already set because of where you are and what you brought with you. And I have found that that is actually a fun kind of way to tap into creativity. So like there's a game I play now every trip I take my first search as soon as I check into the hotel is what is the nearest bookstore? Like, can I find a bookstore I can walk to? And, and it, it's, it's just this like little fun game to go find a place and go check it out and walk around a little bit and see the different city. And that's my delimitation. Like that's, I I travel with people who do the same thing. Some of my colleagues, they look for museums. Like that's where they go. Cause we only have small pockets of time because we're there for work, but I'm going to go to a bookstore. And so, like, it's, it's kind of fun to think about it in terms of these, yeah, you can, you can only worry about what's in front of you, or you can only deal with what you've got there. And it's sort of a fun way of thinking, oh, you yeah. know, instead of worrying about all the stuff I got to do when I get home. That's really interesting. Like, you just reminded me of a thing that I have done on 
some fairly recent trips, which is what can I get to by walking? Mm -hmm. Because I don't always have, I don't always have a car when I'm at my destination, or sometimes I have a car, but it's just, I'm in a city and it's just such a pain to Mm -hmm. figure out like where to park. So it's like, okay, well, I want to find, (laughs) I want to find an amazing gluten-free dessert in Vancouver, Canada. (laughs) That is walking distance from my Uh hotel. And you know what? I have found some amazing places just by deciding, like, no, I'm going to leave my car at my hotel because I don't want to deal with parking, you know, when I get to the theater or the restaurant or whatever, and then having to park again when I get back to the hotel. I have found some phenomenal places and been on some amazing walks because I set myself up in that you know, in that mm-hmm. way, um, deciding, okay, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to walk there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Well, and, and that happens to me by accident because, you know, I have no sense of direction, like none, none. It's <laughs> none. so bad. None. You guys, it's so bad. It's so funny. Nobody believes me when I tell them that until they actually go with me. But you and I have driven to Syracuse, so you know. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> like we've been driving in a straight line for 13 hours and you're like, are we in the right place? I'm like, yes, we, <laughs> I have no sense of direction at all. So a lot of the places that I find, I mean, including the city where I live, I find because I get lost. I love that so much. That feels so right. It has somehow. really helped me reframe because I get so frustrated with myself. Like it is a, it is a genuine cognitive issue with me it has been since I was a kid and I usually get super frustrated with myself and just mad but since I've been able to reframe it I'm like you know a whole lot of places that I love I have found by getting lost and y'all I say this is a woman who once drove to the state of Alabama by mistake so I get lost like (laughs) really lost but then end up finding places I wouldn't find otherwise so it's it's kind of just a fun way to reframe something that is actually you know a limitation within myself well and it's funny I mean I feel like that brings us into synthesis really really naturally because I love the idea of getting lost as an expression of your creativity yeah (laughs) and I know that's like maybe maybe that's a stretch in the whole like reframe that narrative you know what is the narrative that feeds your soul (laughs) to quote big strong yes podcast of podcast of my heart But like, really, like, all right, well, I know, I know about me that my sense of direction is not great. I'm probably going to get lost. And hey, check out that cool coffee shop slash art gallery slash performance space. And oh, you know, exactly. Why don't I stop in? Like, it's perfect. It's such an interesting extension of creativity and inspiration because it really it's like it really is like the inspiration that comes to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you maybe maybe you weren't looking for a coffee shop in this part of St. Louis, but oh hey, oh, I'm always looking for a guess coffee shop. What? <laughs> I mean, okay, bad example. Bad example. But yeah, I hear you. <laughs> there was a terrible example and I apologize. <laughs> but you know, maybe maybe I wasn't looking for an organic vegan grocery store in this part of Seattle but here we are right. <laughs> like, that's you know yeah 
Well, what else have you got for your synthesis on travel? Okay, so travel travel as a link to self-care and ah. an invitation for self-care because travel is really, really hard on your body. Even if even if you don't want it to be, even if you're so excited because, you know, you're going to see like my best friend had a baby and I'm going to get to see my best friend and a baby. There's a baby, you guys. I'm going to get to hold a baby. But, you know, it's a three hour time mm-hmm. difference and I'm going to be on a plane breathing the air that's been in a bunch of other people's lungs and, you know, sitting in this really uncomfortable position for however many hours. So how do I, how do I anticipate my own Mm -hmm. needs in the way that I would my children? Yeah. Traveling with children is a great exercise in anticipating needs. I mean, anyone who has ever left the house (laughs) with a child, like I'm serious to go to the grocery store. You know what I'm talking about. And you time it around their nap schedule and their eating schedule. And you know all of the little tips and tricks to, like, get them as chill as they can possibly be. (laughs) So that this is as streamlined as possible and doesn't completely reroute your entire day and possibly your entire week if you have children who are, Mm -hmm. who struggle (laughs) with life. So thinking about myself when I'm traveling... You know, when I'm traveling alone, when I'm only responsible for myself, what am I, you know, what am I eating? Mm-hmm. When am I sleeping? Am I getting enough sleep? I know that my body is going to wake up with the sun. So if I'm changing time zones and the sun comes up, my body's going to be like, the sky's awake. So I'm <laughs> awake. So we have to play. <laughs> and all of the parents will get the Frozen reference and some of the non-parents because that's just a great movie. And you've probably seen it by now. How do I anticipate that response in my own body? Or how do I how do I anticipate the exhaustion of an eleven hour travel day mm-hmm. and use this, you know, not as a doom and gloom situation, not as a oh my god, I'm gonna get there and be so wrecked and I'm not gonna, you know, I'm feel terrible, I'm gonna have a headache and all these things. Like how do I use this as an opportunity to do my hypnosis tape mm-hmm. to bring my own water bottle and make sure that I'm emptying it every couple of hours to take my supplements, you know, prioritize all of that physical self-care, stretch, <laughs> get up, stretch, so that I can feel as even killed as possible and open to any sort of mental, emotional, spiritual experience that I might have because you cannot function when you haven't rested, when you're not fed and you're not rested. Like inspiration is not going to (laughs) come. I know it sounds appealing. I know, like, I don't know, maybe it doesn't sound appealing to any of you, but it sounds appealing to me to be like, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to fast and I'm going to stay up you know, for days and the muse is going to come to me and she's going to be so beautiful and inspired and I'm going to write this magnificent piece of work that's going to, you know, change the world, whatever. No, no, no. You cannot function if you haven't eaten and you haven't slept. And it's so it, so some things are non-optional and that's really 
where I've started to go with travel, like travel as not just not just a point on which to anticipate, you know, these like extra self-care needs, but like as an excuse to dial up the self-care and as an exercise in self-knowledge as well. Like I know, you know, there are probably, there are probably people who can like not eat and not sleep and be fine. Um, And they're probably dudes (laughs) and I'm sort of mad at them. So it's testosterone based bodies. I swear to God. (laughs) Uh, but uh i you know like if i don't if i don't get some like decent nutrition and like seven hours of sleep i'm not a nice person to be around um as you can attest (laughs) having been in a car with me for however many hours that was well i think my own delirium from (laughs) lack of sleep was tuning out any of yours so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no worries no worries uh-huh. no yeah worries. no but I I also love that like you see I mean <laughs> you can see the craziness like the dedication I have to like yes I literally will drink all the coffee because I am not admitting defeat on this goddamn trip oh my god oh my god oh my god okay all right so PSA <laughs> chipperish PSA I do these from time to time okay folks when you're tired on the road, you're on a road trip, you need to pull over. You need to find a motel. You need to sleep. Like that is like, seriously, when you are sleep deprived, I mean, there's a reason, there's a reason that sleep deprivation is a torture device. Like not even kidding. Like prisoners of war <laughs> are tortured by being kept awake. So, okay. So if you are starting to feel like, punchy and tired and like maybe your eyelids just like really want to be touching your lower eyelids that is the time to find a motel yes. no and i will agree when with Kelly that no, Jones. No, no 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 i will say <laughs> i have been in a terrible wreck where the driver fell asleep so if i am actually okay. sleepy like if i feel okay i have to sleep uh-huh. then i won't drive <laughs> but if it's just tired if it's just i've been doing this for so long i'm sick of it I'm going to go because there oh is God. there is a magical oh combination God. called you pull over, you brush your teeth. Oh, my God. Okay, that's yes, real. That's real. Yes. You brush your teeth, you wash your face, you load up on caffeine, and you blast your music, and you can drive. Like, I will, I can do it. Just don't get in my way. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't, and don't. Oh, oh, and for the love of God, don't offer to no, drive. No, don't do that. She, no, <laughs> don't. She, <laughs> she's the boss, you guys. Like, for real. It's terrifying. If you ever have the opportunity to road trip with Kelly Jones, I recommend it. Um, or maybe I don't recommend it. I'm not sure. Well, as long as you know what you're getting into. We're going to get lost, but we are also going to get there. <laughs> god tonight Tonight. like no for real (laughs) that's right we're also gonna pass the biggest cross in the united (laughs) states of america oh my god okay y'all if you drive from missouri to syracuse new york you will pass this giant cross the cross of the cross i think we might still have been able to see it in syracuse (laughs) it was freaky but see you don't see things like that if you're not traveling (laughs) 
<laughs> well, and if you're not driving, and like this is kind of where I want to conclude this conversation is that like, you know, I I started out saying that when I think of travel, I think of like travel abroad and that usually means planes mm-hmm. and everything looks the same on an airplane. Like it really does. It just, when you're on the airplane, the process of traveling is just, it's hurry up and wait. Right. But if you're driving or if you are riding your bicycle or you're hiking or you're walking, you probably don't get as far because that's a lot harder to do. But you get to see the distance that you're traveling. And I think... There's something to that. I think we downplay the significance of, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go, you know, two miles up the road, but there's this amazing Mm -hmm. park or whatever. But if you walk that distance or you scoot or roll or bike that distance, you're seeing everything that's between your home base and where you're ending up. And I think that that. If we're, ta- if we're talking about inspiration, mm-hmm. or we're talking about creativity, and we're talking about our connection to ourselves and everything else, I think that there's, there's a lot of meaning to be pulled from that. Oh, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And that was beautifully said. Um, and it, it kind of touched on my synthesis a little bit, because I've started when I was thinking about synthesis and like, what I want to learn from travel and what I want to, you know, how I want to engage with it in the future. A big challenge for me is staying present in the moment. Because like you were saying, a lot of it is hurry up and wait, you know? So I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about the next step. Okay. I'm now I'm through security. Next, I've got to get to the gate. Okay. Now I'm at the gate. Now I got to get on the plane. Okay. Now I'm on the plane. Now, then I've got to get to baggage. Like it's, it's what's next, you know, is is kind of always what's on Mm -hmm. my mind. So staying present Mm -hmm. in the moment and like appreciating my surroundings, looking around. I heard the most amazing cello performance in the airport because a cellist was standing there playing. It just, I don't know why. It was amazing. It was gorgeous. (laughs) And and almost if I had been in my usual focused hurry, I might have missed it completely. So, like, I've really yeah. been, tra- you know, challenging myself to stay in the present, like, stay in the moment instead of always trying to be 10 steps ahead, which is where my brain usually mm-hmm. goes. And mm-hmm. then what I've been doing or trying to do, I don't do this every time, but I'm working on it, is having some kind of ritual for leaving and coming home. So, my mm-hmm. usual method of packing is rushing around like crazy person a few hours before my flight and throwing things in a suitcase and taking off. <laughs> And that is a legitimate <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> approach. There's, I just want to be clear. Wrong with it. But these last few trips, I've really tried to take some time to tidy up my whole place before I go. Like make the bed, yes. load the dishwasher, turn it on, have the laundry done, have mm-hmm. it looking like really nice and tidy and pretty because coming home to that is lovely. And then, like, coming home and unpacking right away and lighting a candle and, like, do it. Like, I've even gotten to the point now where I go through the refrigerator before I leave and get rid of anything that's not going to be good when I get back. Okay, that's that's some, like, serious badass planning that 
I'm I'm not there yet. <laughs> well, I mean, but then of course I come home and I want the stuff that's not in the fridge, but that's okay. But like it's almost taking care of my future self because I'm going to be tired when I get back. Yep. And so that's a new practice mm-hmm. for me, but one that has been I think really rewarding and and one that I want to keep I want to keep doing. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that is a practice taking care of Taking care of future Noel is a practice that I got from uh, Rob Hyrett, who does Metaphors Be With You. He talks a lot about future Rob and like, let me make this easier for future Rob or let me make this nicer for future mm-hmm. Rob. And getting to getting to know Rob is getting to know future <laughs> Rob as well. <laughs> like you learn about what I'm serious. You learn about like, oh, OK, so like future Rob will be really glad that this happened. Mm-hmm. But that's such a, it's such a great, you know, it's such a great form of self-care is what, it's kind of boring Uh self-care, but it's not, you know, it's not particularly like Instagrammable. Although I guess you could do before and afters of your, you know, your cluttered house and then your tidy house. But coming home to a space that is all prepared and ready to receive you is really really yeah. lovely i love i love that you're doing yeah. that with your yeah. travel i'm trying to do it every time we'll see sometimes i'm still crazy rushing around at the last second but yeah when i do it i feel better so yeah mm-hmm. so what is your favorite part of travel well i mean i've already said this but most of my travel up to this point has been to see people that i love so apart uh-huh. from that like apart from the the moment where you're hugging and kissing the person that you came to see or coming mm-hmm. home to that mm-hmm. person that's lovely too the the moment when for me when i'm in the car or in the air and i'm like really officially on my mm-hmm. way and there's nothing to do but wait, you know, hurry up and wait. There's this wonderful moment where you can be annoyed by that as you are <laughs> because you have no control. But for me, it's this wonderful moment of surrender. Mm-hmm. And I that is a practice that I'm working on. Um, but when I when I get there, it's really it's really wonderful. And I, I love, love it that. so much. I love that. What is your favorite part? My first thought was the visual, like the new landscapes and different skies and and all of that. But I think it really does come down to people, especially when travel brings my person to me and I get to go see people that I love. But I've been trying, especially because I have been traveling so much for work and it is so easy to get worn down with that. But trying Mm -hmm. to genuinely enjoy the people that I'm traveling with and the people that I'm meeting, you know, because you're getting to know, Mm -hmm. I'm getting to know coworkers outside of the office or like meeting new people. I had this brilliant philosophical discussion with the kid that was helping me with my bags in Nashville at midnight. It was great. (laughs) And I think we like started planning out like his graduate study, but I like (laughs) that. I love that. (laughs) But like really enjoying it. Like instead of preemptively being stressed out and preemptively being tired, you know, actually looking to have like just a great conversation or to see someone do something that's really kind of cool. So like almost trying to shift from 
the appreciation of the physical spaces and the difference there and the beautiful geography, especially when it's a place I love, to like that real human connection and what that means to get to be in different places with people that you're not going to meet mm-hmm. otherwise. Like, and, and just really mm-hmm. trying to, to build that appreciation and be more aware of it, mm-hmm. I think is some of my favorite parts. But, but mostly it's getting getting to see the people I love. <laughs> so did you have any spontaneous orgasms with travel? Well, you know, I, I talked at the beginning about my ballet teacher talking about feeling different in different parts of the room. And I did, um, on a recent trip, have the experience of feeling different in a different place, like physically different and noticing that. And I'm actually still interrogating that a little bit and like what that means. Like I felt, I felt grounded in my body Mm -hmm. in a way that I don't usually, which is interesting Mm -hmm. for me. And, you know, I had a couple other basically like deeply personal (laughs) um, shifts in kind of where my mindset was and where, you know, where my emotional state was. And it, it gave me something to think about, but I did have that kind of explosive, like, oh my God. I feel different in this different place. And that, I mean, that was really something. It's remarkable. I mean, what about you? This happened last week. So I decided it was close enough to be spontaneous, but it still (laughs) makes me smile. So when I was flying back from Atlanta, we went through the worst turbulence I've ever had. And it was so bad. I mean, it's a very short flight, but we didn't get to take our seatbelts off. Except I think there was like 10 minutes And, like, the flight attendants came through to, like, take people's drink orders and then quit and had to go back and sit down because, like, the turbulence was that bad. And But the reason that was happening was we were going through a thunderstorm, and I had a window seat. And I found myself (laughs) freaking grinning from ear to ear. I mean, that plane was bouncing, and I loved it. But, like... There were clouds <laughs> that were super dark, and you could see the water in it. And then there were clouds that were happy and white and puffy. And then there was, you know, lightning right by the window. And I mean, it was freaking awesome. I loved it. I loved it. It was amazing. But then when we, like, I guess we were flying through different parts of the storm, there was a rainbow. And, like, rainbows are my thing. But <gasps> I got to see the rainbow at the height of the plane. Whoa. And it was right out my window. And the thing was, the, the rainbow kept moving. And I mean, I say the rainbow was moving. We were probably moving. But it looked like the rainbow was moving. And getting to see it from that perspective, like literally flying through it, was so incredible. Oh it was God. so amazing. Um, and so, like, I really, I always look out the window. I try to get a window seat. But that whole thing was just incredible. So I was just really glad for that experience. And I felt really bad for the, wow. like this young man that was sitting next to me who was obviously very stressed out from all of the turbulence because I'm just sitting back like, oh, God, this is awesome. <laughs> and I didn't feel scared. Oh. And it was the worst turbulence I've ever had. And I was not afraid for a second. Like, it was really awe-inspiring. Mm. It, was, it was amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. But I'm glad that some of the travel at least opened up a little window that we could record today. (laughs) Right? 
because you're getting ready to leave again yes, and you I know am. And who even hopefully knows. i can Whatever. get this one it's... edited and posted before that but for <laughs> anticipation when we started orgasm it was going to be a year-long project and we are at the end of that year so the next episode will be our last it is the orgasm finale so in the spirit of coming around full circle we're going to revisit our first topic and talk about magic again I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. (laughs) Well, we want to hear from you and your thoughts about travel. So to connect with us on Twitter and Instagram, follow Noelle and Noelle Aloud and me at Dr. Kelly Jones and use the hashtag orgasm. And seriously, guys, follow me on Instagram. I'm barely on Twitter. That's just that's how it is right now. We'll see. That might shift again. (laughs) (laughs) But as I'm sure you know... Like all Chipperish Media podcasts, Orgasm is 100% patron supported. And just a dollar a month or more gets you access to the live chat in Discord where you can connect, hang out with me and Kelly and all the Chipperish patrons. Visit patreon.com slash Chipperish to find out more. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple Podcast. That's a great way to support the show and help other people find us. Or post about your orgasmic experience on your favorite social media platforms. Explosive inspiration is best when shared with friends. And by your favorite social media platforms, I mean Instagram. (laughs) You are very cute on Instagram. I am on Twitter. (laughs) And that is where the generational divide is. That's right. I am older than you, child. And and yes, that's right. I'm just a baby. I'm just a millennial. I use the Instagrams. It's fine. Ladies, gentlemen, folks who reject the gender binary and live somewhere outside of it or within it, fluidly among it, we will be back next time with the orgasm finale and we will talk about magic again. Until then, I will leave you with the words of Cheryl Strayed from her memoir, Wild, From Lost to Found on the Pacific Crest Trail. And if you haven't read it, I recommend you do and then read Kara Quinn's memoir about the Pacific Crest Trail called Through Hiking Will Break Your Heart. But this is Cheryl Strayed. I was amazed that what I needed to survive could be carried on my back. And most surprising of all, that I could carry it. <laughs>